0: You're listening to another edition of the Line Tech Service Podcast, an emergency edition of the Line Tech Service Podcast, in fact, because, uh, well, first, I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is Paul, a Jameis. And uh, we did another live episode yesterday. Yesterday, was it? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Well. You did. One of us did. Yeah, you did. Um, we had some unforeseen technical difficulties. Uh, we were getting feedback. And Jack's trying to learn how to use microphones and computers and hey, technology. I, I and kind of know how to use this stuff. But, yeah, once, once we started having technical problems, I had to go into audio engineer mode, not hostess with the mostess mode. And uh, I was terrible. <laughs> that's, that's putting it mildly. Ouch. No, this is where you're supposed to go, no, you weren't terrible. You were outstanding. Nobody even noticed. No, we did all notice. Yeah. We, <laughs> every
1: time I looked to you for a question or something to pick up on in our normal banter of back and forth, you'd yeah. look at me
0: and shrug and go, oh no. That's because I wasn't really <laughs> listening to the words that you were saying anymore. I was listening to the audio quality and trying to get it dialed in, and I fought it the so, entire time. So, so you like failed you,
1: on both levels.
0: Like you were literally, hey, <laughs> you were literally the adults in Charlie Brown by that point. Like. <laughs> I was in fix the sound engineering mode and all I heard was...
1: Well, hopefully the recording sounds a little better than that.
0: Yeah, so we're hoping to bring you that next week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's part two of our birthday celebration.
0: And you know what? I was so weirded out. I had a great antidote for that episode that we didn't even use. Uh, You know, we had cake at these live events and when I showed up early... Uh, Monday morning and see, that's the first mistake. We did this on a Monday morning. Yeah. I don't want to be that, you know, I tend to be, you know, if you've seen office space, I tend to be the guy who's like, well, I reckon, I reckon you get your kicked if you say something like that. <laughs> uh, not the guy, you know, when, when they talk about the case of the Mondays, but man, I had a case of the Mondays. It wasn't
1: quite as many extenuating circumstances as we had when we did it at the other building. Cause that, you know, we had St. Louis's first snow. Yeah. So naturally everything in the metro area shut down. Shut down. So we had a very small studio audience there for our participation. And then we had to deal with traffic and snow. And, but this one wasn't that. But, I mean, I forgot to go and get the cake on Sunday, so
0: I had to go well, in the morning. That's but, what I was going to get to. I, I showed up Monday morning, and, and you look at me and go, I forgot the cake. And I immediately saw my life flash before my eyes because the people here at RD and I like to eat. Yeah. And they knew that we brought cake to the other party. Yeah, I was like, "Paul, we said cake." I was like, "We're going to have a violent uprising." And this studio audience was full. Yeah. Now, you won't be able to tell it when you listen. Yeah, they they were full of people who stared at us. <laughs> it was total silence until I made fun of my wife and then they all went, "Ooh." So hopefully that'll make it on there because you know my wife loves to be made fun of. <laughs> so if you want to email us and tell everybody, you know, tell me what a bad husband I am, Paul. Well, how do they get or a sound engineer or sound engineer? Well, they won't know yet because you know. this this will be another week yet.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're buying yourself a little time. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So you can reach us at technicalservice@carboline.com. Jack's on Twitter. At Jack underscore CTSP. I'm on Twitter at Paul underscore CTSP. All
0: right. So today we're going to talk about a something here that it, you know, it, it comes up all the time. And I guess before we really get into the, the real answer that we have for this, we got to give you a little bit of background. So what we want to talk about regularly, we get the phone call. I've applied insert product here. So any product. What's the minimum adhesion value I need to have? What's they don't say minimum adhesion value. They never ask that. No, their question is always, "What kind of adhesion do I need to get?" Yeah, what's a good number? What's a good number? How do how how high should it be? This is a little bit of a controversial topic, but we're gonna kind of break it down really easily for you. The first thing that you need to understand about adhesion testing, it's averages. So when we take a coating and we run the adhesion in a test in the lab, the number that gets published is an average number. It is also an average number that somebody wants to be proud of. Correct. And part of the reason why it's easy for them to be proud of, these panels are the most perfect test panels ever. They're SP5. And remember, if you go back to episode 52, I argue that's not possible in the real world. But the lab is not the real world. But the lab is not the real world. And what we know about adhesion performance is the better the surface prep, the better adhesion performance you're going to have. So the testing panels that are used in the lab are pristine SP5
1: and although we like to make fun of our of our fellow uh, employees and applications, they really are professional applicators. Yeah, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. And so when they
0: apply the paint, they usually do a great job yep. of applying it's it. It's applied perfectly. Yeah, that's not to say that we're misleading you because because we're not. That's the literally the test was run. It is
1: still that. paint put onto a surface the way we said to do it
0: onto a surface that was prepared the way we say to do it. The reason we tell you all this is we realize in the field, you're going to have a hard time replicating these numbers. And one of the reasons why is the adhesion tester that most manufacturers use isn't even the one that you use in the field. The adhesion tester that you use in the lab is a pneumatic adhesion tester. It gives you much higher numbers than the average tester that you're going to see in the field. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, when we look at these adhesion testers, if
1: you follow the exact procedure of how you're supposed to do it, with applying an increasing amount of pressure that is going to go up, and it varies a little bit depending on the manufacturer, but so many PSI every few seconds, that's easy to control in the lab because the machine does it for you. They have a preset slope, they press the button, and pressure is applied gradually over this slope. Mm-hmm. When you go out in the field, that's not the way it's going to happen. You're going to frequently end up with, it's going to be a hand actuated. So you're going to be at the mercy of the person who's, who's literally pumping on the pneumatic press. Or it's going to be a dial. And you're going to be at the mercy of how fast the person twists. Now, all of us who have been through our NACE courses, you're taught, you practice, you're tested on it. That doesn't mean that nine years later,
0: when you do it your third time, that you're actually still doing it properly. Well, I want to bring up another aspect of this that is very rarely talked about in these situations because I know because my second question is usually, well, what number did you get? Followed by, this is the part that I'm getting to, where did it break? If you've gone through the adhesion testing, you've done that. One of the things you evaluate is you look at the dolly after it's been pulled off the surface. And you see what you actually pulled off in your pull off adhesion test. Sometimes you just have glue on the dolly. Sometimes there's nothing on the dolly at all. Sometimes there's coating on the dolly. And sometimes it's partial coating on the dolly. So, really, that's very, 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 very important when we're measuring adhesion. That's right. Because some of the things that we have to look at is
1: now. If there's nothing at all on the back of the dolly, well, we're really not here to evaluate the epoxy glue that was used to hold it on. So uh, technically, that should be an invalid test unless that number is higher than you were looking for as your minimum value. And then you can accept it if you want because the paint adhered better than the minimum number required. Yep. And that's another thing to keep in mind that, that paint, it's glue. It wants to stick to stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you put another epoxy glue on it, sometimes there's an interaction, sometimes the glue sticks, sometimes the glue fails. It all depends on how much you put on, how long you let it cure, what your curing conditions were. And you know these are one of those situations that more is not always better. It's important that when you're applying the glue to the dolly, that you follow the instructions for the glue that you're using and that you choose a glue That will, number one, exceed the minimum adhesion value that you're hoping to achieve. And number two, it's not going to have an interaction with the paint that you're testing. Because the last thing you want it to do is to soften that paint and give you a false low reading or to melt together with that paint and give you a false high reading.
0: All right. It's that time again. You're listening to the podcast, but you're not. This is a commercial. It's time to remind you that uh, Carpooling pays the bills for this thing, so we want you to know that. We're going to be at the International Workboat Show in New Orleans, November 28th through 30th. Come see us in booth number 1300
1: and ask us about our new CarboZinc 608HB. It's a fast-dry, high build organic
0: zinc. Once again, come see us at the Workboat Show in New Orleans, November 28th through 30th, booth 1300, and ask us about CarboZinc 608HB. Back to the show. So to review so far, things that are important are surface prep, type of glue, how much, All of these things are going to affect your number. And I guess we
1: should tell them too when we're the test that we look at when we're doing this, we're looking at ASTM D4541.
0: Yeah, I guess we buried the lead there.
1: That is the standard test method for pull
0: off strength of coatings using a portable adhesion tester. So then the next thing I want to talk about that is also important is the type of coating. Heavily filled coatings are going to have a lower adhesion number by this test because typically, when, you, when we talked about paint being glued, so when you talk about, like, an inorganic zinc, well, in the dry film, that's usually, like, 85% zinc, and you, you're left over with 15% of the glue that's holding it together. So inorganic zinc is going to have a lower acceptable number just due to the fact that the film itself is going to break at some point just because of the significantly less amount of glue, for lack of a better explanation in the coating and i know that coating chemists all over the world when they hear me say glue are really <laughs> like cringe probably it's probably nails on a chalkboard but
1: but that's really what it is if you remember back i i think it was episode 48 when we were talking with ron about the the additives one of the things that happened when you start with the resin that you're using for your for your coating system that resin has as good of adhesion as it's ever going to get before we start adding stuff to it. Sure. So once we start adding pigments and additives and flow agents and dispersants and solvents, every single one of those is decreasing that number. And they all have an effect a different way. So if you put in something that only adds a weakness, that number's not going to get any better. So the more of that that you add, now sometimes you're adding those for very important reasons. We're adding it to improve the permeability numbers of the coating or to add resistance to a certain chemical, whether it be an acid or an alkali, whether it be a solvent, whatever it is, we're looking to improve a different property, knowingly sacrificing the adhesion strength. And it's because on a whole, the paint wants to stick. It's going to stick to whatever it is that you put it there to. And most of the time, the pressure is pushing it onto the substrate. There's very little Pull-off pressure actually applied to coatings, especially when we're talking about them in a tank lining scenario, and there's really not much when we're looking at atmospheric. We live in a, in a one-atmosphere pressure vessel,
0: and all of our coatings do, too. One of the things that are, is important as well, just like we say all the time, and I'm not asking for a reprisal of your uh, police singing here, but every little thing does matter in adhesion, like job site conditions. Surface prep, type of coating, fillers, fillers, all of these things have effect on your end result. So that's why it's hard to say, well, for this exact coating, you should have this number. It's not fair to that individual coating because I'm not at your job site. I don't know all of those little details. You can tell me those little details, and that'll help me evaluate it a little bit better. But every little thing affects that system. Before we wrap up, uh-huh. one of the things that is very, 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 very important for adhesion testing—that is—how do, do you really feel about it? <laughs> it's very important because it's overlooked most of the time. Cure, <laughs> cure is very, very important to testing results. You you will not get your full adhesion performance characteristics unless the coating has reached full cure so for alkyds for acrylics a lot of the times you're not getting a real number for a month that's right and that's if you have
1: good environmental conditions and good airflow
0: yeah and you know so some coatings you're doing much faster but really if you run an adhesion test before you've reached full cure you are cheating that coating
1: now, you still may get an acceptable value, Sure. and it's only going to improve. Correct. If you take, you know, typically we talk about water-based acrylic paints, they take, you know, it's, it's roughly four weeks for them to really get to that, what's considered full cure status. And that's at a perfect 75, That's right? in the lab, yes. So if you run a test on that at two or three weeks and your temperatures have been 50, 60 degrees, you may get a value that you and your manufacturer and your owner and your applicator have all agreed that number is acceptable, it will get better. With time, that number improves as these coatings cure further. So it's not to say that you have to wait the full month to do it on something like that, but you need to understand that those values will change over time.
0: So lastly, let, we're going to wrap up here. Cure time. Surface prep. Coding composition environmentals, and the type of test all have a major effect on your final number. Now, what we do generically as a coding manufacturer will offer you a kind of a universal minimum number. We're not going to do that on this podcast. No, we are not. We'd still prefer for you to call in a tech service, email in a tech service. We have a tech service bulletin that we can provide that gives all of the outlines for all the different types of codings and things like that. So... Even when you're working from this bulletin, and this is, this is one that we
1: wrote. We came up with an agreement. We talked with our boss. We said, hey, what are some numbers? We talked with the chemist. Where can we expect it to be? Even if you perform a test that falls below one of these numbers that we, we published, that doesn't mean it failed. Because we're going to look at how did it fail. When that test completed, and honestly, that's a bad word, too. I've never liked that when an adhesion test is complete, we say it's failed. True. It's... It's, it's not a failed test. The test completed, and the test was to try to break the coding. I
0: say the test requires coding
1: failure. Right. So once we look at how did it fail, we will be able to tell you, so if it's a coding that we expect to fail cohesively and it failed adhesively, We may have a problem. This is something that we're going to have to look at. Why did it not fail the way we expected it? So that's something that we can take into account just by analyzing the failure point on the dolly after the test is complete.
0: So with that, that's our soapbox on adhesion values. I think that does it for this week. I think it does. And then next week... If there's something that we missed on this soapbox, call us up. Email us. Sure. Next week, you're going to hear the travesty that was my live performance. <laughs> Luckily, you got a good one first. And then we'll go ahead and see you next Monday. Who put the line in
1: Carveline? Who put the
0: line in do No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carveline, but they say carveline.